This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Something spooky is going on. We've both turned up to record this podcast wearing red blouses. How did that happen? It's a, it's a bit odd, isn't it? I've got red lipstick on as well. It's like we've got a midlife uniform. Do you think we're saying something? Or is the moon in retrograde or something <laughs> ridiculous? A bit of telepathy, I think. We're in sync with each other across the zoom <laughs> airwaves. That is the power of very angry midlife women. <laughs> they can reach each other. Anyway, you look lovely. Oh, and so do you. Snap. Hello. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife. I'm Trish Halpin and I'm Lorraine Candy and we're on a mission to tackle all the big and small issues that affect women at this stage of our life from insomnia to mind and body wellness, HRT to sex drive, careers and relationships and as always the challenges and joys of parenting teens. In today's episode we're going to be talking to actress Tamsin Althwaite about finding love with a younger man when she least expected it and the midlife comedy that is finally showing the world what it's really like to be a perimenopausal woman. Plus, we'll be looking into why teens and basic logic just don't seem to go hand in hand, as well as some trying, some testing, and some nostalgia noodling. So, I need to talk about some things. I need to talk mm, about the dog. Get it off your chest. Get it off your chest. Oh, what's Pixel been up to now? Welsh Terrier. Very yappy. Mm. Really antisocial. Oh, um, God. We think we're going to get, we have to get a uh, behavioural pet therapist in to oh, deal with her. Oh, goodness. Yeah, she's just, she's so yappy, I think one of the neighbours might shoot her at some point. <laughs> oh, God. And our lovely lady next door, who quietly sits in the garden having a cigarette at the end of the day, um, which annoys Pixel for some reason, and uh, the dog has tried to burrow through to give her a right telling oh, off. under the, the fence. telling off under, under the fence. Under the fence, yeah. oh, no. It's, it's <laughs> driving oh. me mad. So uh, I'm going to try and get a pet yeah. therapist in. But I can't get a husband therapist there- in. <laughs> They don't exist, apparently. <laughs> What's so, poor old James been doing to upset you? He started to do that thing that annoys me a lot, Trish. Mm-hmm. He's hoarding things again. What? So he's putting some car, old car together that he bought, that his dad bought for him just before his dad died. So it's a very emotional thing he's doing, mm, putting the car nice. together. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is. I'm not very interested in cars. But uh, he keeps buying pieces for it. And so that I don't get cross about all this stuff coming into the house, he mm. hides it and holds oh. it. So I found a bumper under Where? the sofa. Under the, the bed. Under the sofa. No, it's under the sofa. <laughs> Does Neil do that? We have a shed and a man, and a man cave, uh, which is also sort of like where the boiler is. <laughs> that's, where, that's where he's allowed to go. Comfy. And he... <laughs> He's got all sorts of things in there. Um, I, I very rarely venture in, but that's where all his sort of crap goes. But he's he's actually sort of renovating a motorbike. So similar, similar things. But it's Why? kind of down the back of the garden behind a bit of a fence. Oh, so no, I'm kind mine's of okay in the lounge. 
Mine's in the lounge, Trish. <laughs> so mine's not quite quite uh, up to your level, but very similar. How's Margot? Sure. Tell me what Margot did this week. Oh, well, this week she's having a bit of a dirty protest in my vegetable patch. <laughs> and um, so I've planted up my very, very small, because we're talking London gardens here, tiny little kitchen garden which I when you say vegetable you mean vegetable singular don't you no it's a potato it's not potato no point doing potatoes rocket spinach kale um and a few other things like that really good actually love it but obviously margo's decided to use that as her toilet which is just (laughs) so annoying i can't tell you is margo my spirit animal (laughs) you'd love her I think you'd both get on really that's well. why cats don't like me because <laughs> you're too similar you're, you're feline quite, you are quite feline now it's time to welcome our special guest she's one of the nation's best loved actresses who has been starring for more than two decades in tv and theatre from eastenders to Chekhov's the seagull most recently she's kept us laughing in lockdown in the brilliant warts and all midlife comedy dumb breeding which we watched in weekly 15 minute episodes on youtube so welcome tamsin althwaite how are you doing I'm very well. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Dunn Breeding has definitely been one of the joys of lockdown. And for those listeners who haven't seen it, can you just explain the storyline and how it yes. came about? So it's about six friends, well, six women, and they've been friends, been through an awful lot together. And now they are going through the menopause. And the menopause is the link to each mm-hmm. woman. Because we don't really see much about the menopause and we don't we certainly don't see it in drama or comedy. In fact, if we see it in comedy, it's someone laughing at the woman who's menopausal. Mm-hmm. We never see women laughing at themselves, making the jokes. It's always somebody else making the joke about, you know, <laughs> the moodiness or the sweats or the hot flushes, you know, the classics. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more to it. So when Julie first asked me about it, she, that's, Julie, uh, Graham, Julie Graham, yeah, that's right. So she wrote it. Julie Graham and I worked together as actors. When she writes, I know she writes from a, a, quite a raw, unkind of polished place. It's not I think sanitized. that's the joy of dumb breeding because it, it is unpolished and it, the subject matter that you tackle. So it's not like you've just tackled midlife. You've really yeah. gone there with everything. Yeah the response from women of a certain age, just saying, gosh, why do we not see this? Why do we not feel represented? You know, and I think that that's really true. I don't know any drama, any comedy or Mm. drama that tackles that. There seems to be a stigma that we don't touch. And that is because I suppose menopausal women are not seen as sexy, attractive, desirable, Or even useful. Or useful, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so I, th- I think what's happening with it is you're seeing strong, powerful women being shaken by the menopause, not knowing how to cope, but all dealing with it in their own way and still having power and humour. You know, the, mm-hmm. the humour that comes from a woman of a certain age who's very comfortable in her own skin, doesn't care what people think, and the dialogue that goes on between those women I'm, I'm interested in that. I would watch that. We love that there is like this huge love and affection among this group of friends uh, for each other in the series. Um, do you think friends have become even more important for you in midlife? Yes, I think for me, they've always been important. Mm. 
because I think you go through an awful lot of ups and downs in life if you have a passionate soul. And I think my friends have been there and very much, you know, a, a huge part of my life, not just, you know, it's all about my family and my friends come. It's like my friends are my family. Mm -hmm. So, and I know that I can call on anyone, any one of them and be like, um, I don't do it often. I'm not very good at asking for help. Mm -hmm. so if I am they know that if they get a four o'clock in the morning phone call it's serious as an actor there's so much pressure on what you look like who who you are and your choices around everything as you get older how have you navigated that because I presume your body I mean all our bodies change from the age of about 45 onwards and things and how has that made you feel about yourself but I found it I don't know, I've focused on it. It's really annoyed me. on your body changing. Yes, yeah, so I'm getting bigger and not being able to, you know, affect what I wear and looking at this face and thinking, what's that? Where did that all come? <laughs> just, it just makes me cro- more cross, more cross yes. than I am. <laughs> but no one's looking at me all day, every day. And you're kind of being looked at all the time as an actor. How have you dealt with that? Have you rationalised that in your head? Uh, never read the comments. No, never. <laughs> on anything, yeah. on anything, whether it's an article, an interview, just don't read the comments because that really can get into, inside your psyche. I try to think, I mean, Julie Graham's a great example because I try to think, what would Julie do? Because mm-hmm. she did face the menopause in a very open way. So I listen to her because she's got, her voice of reason is a powerful one in my head. I always would be able to say to Julie, Julie, I'm, I'm getting a bit chubs and, and she would go, God, who cares? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always go, who cares? Does your man like you? Does he still find you attractive? Nothing else matters. Tell us that, about your man then, because that's, a, that's a, a wonderfully uplifting story as far as I'm concerned. Well, we've been together three years. The 20 year age gap. 20 so. years. Yeah. I first met him when he was 23. He worked in my yoga studio and he was very chatty and very cheeky (coughs) shall we say (laughs) and we just we had a proper connection the first time I met him about three or four years later we bumped into each other literally up the road and he walked into a lamppost saying hello to me oh (laughs) fate a love story it was quite funny and he very definitely made me smile and laugh I just thought I really want this person in my life and he felt the same way so I don't think it was like, oh, we're going to be together. I think we just liked being around each other. And then it goes from, I like being around you to, I never want to not be with you. So obviously you're not then going to give in to the pressure of the 20 year age gap and not be around each other if it feels so right. And it makes you happy. And it made both of us really happy. Obviously we did question it for quite a while. You know, you kind of resist it because you think this obviously can't work with this age gap. And then when I started looking around at, actually loads of women are mm-hmm. in relationships. We, we my- interviewed Kate Garraway about this just after she came out of the jungle. Yeah. And she'd been in with a very, but there'd been lots of comments because the Miles much younger man had said to her, it's not, we don't worry about it as men. You worry about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're not worried mm-hmm. about it. It's you, it's women who, talk about it because society makes us think this shouldn't this shouldn't work it's yeah. not right no mm. it's but not it's not let's talk about the other way round it's very yeah. normal yeah I mean, nobody nobody bats an eyelid yes, about exactly. boris johnson and carrie simmons do they right. not no one bat of an eyelid i know lots of male relationships that i read about i don't know them because they're generally in hollywood 
But the men seem to be, some of them are like 30 years older. And yeah. I never go, oh, that's disgusting. No, it's a very strange narrative. It's a bit like the narrative making fun of women for hot flushes. Yes. As a, it's, it's kind it's of like taking Mickey out of middle-aged women because in your head they are little old aunt flows on a rocking chair knitting. And yeah, it's it, I can't really after my experiences life, I don't in life, I don't think I think that everything is always forever. I mean I I don't kind of go, oh this has to be forever. Yeah. What I do think is I, I'm really in the moment and enjoying the time mm. now. And yes. although he hates me saying this, if he, you know, in a couple of years' time really wanted kids, I would be, I would give him my blessing. I really mm. don't feel like, no, you've got to be here forever. You know, I'm just mm. having a lovely time. There's mm -hmm. a, we did a survey um, on women coming out of relationships in their midlife um, two years ago, and we thought we would discover a quite um, underconfident group of women starting. Actually, we discovered a really confident group of women who weren't looking for the one anymore. No. And they were mm -hmm. so relieved they didn't have to find the one. Well, it's liberating because I've got my kids. Mm -hmm. I don't need to get married and I don't need children. So mm -hmm. actually, I'm at the freest point, really in my life. Mm. I'm glad that I managed to fit my children into my life cycle. Yes. Mm -hmm. Having somebody that makes my day to day feel so bright and exciting and fun. And I do describe him as somebody that feels like he's like my home. Mm. He feels like home, very familiar. But mm -hmm. at the same time, he feels like my adventure. And before you got together, you and Tom got together, had you um, done any dating coming out of your divorce? Yeah, you got well, back into the world of dating. And, and yeah, so I came out of a marriage in 2013 and the world of dating was a bit, it was mucky. It didn't feel very, I don't know, very clean. I'm a bit of a serial mm. monogamist, so I've never done that kind of dating for two weeks or... Yeah. And I've never had an internet dating profile anywhere because mm. I've just not worked out how you go about that did it fill you with doubt though or self-doubts around your body who you were and all of that it's quite a lot to overcome isn't it especially if you've been through a divorce which is quite a raw yeah it's really painful thing to go through is how do you get that confidence back it took time it took time and it, and also work helps because it's such yeah. a massive healer so when a job came along then it's like you can you can get your teeth into something that feels like it's about you and you get your confidence back at work because people treat you with respect and mm -hmm. you feel like, you you know, you feel useful and you feel like you're good at it, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Coming back to what we were talking about earlier and, and the representation of midlife women, are there enough good roles being written for women? It's often very, very physical when you see a description. Yes, yeah, yeah. In a script. Yeah. She's tall, she's elegant, she's this, she's that, you know. Uh, and what I love about what Julie's done and, and, and probably a lot of other dramas are starting to do more so now, I think, is talk about the, wo the woman, her essence and her soul and her drive and her passion and her strength and her power and her humour. You know, that's what we want to see because that's what represents an awful lot of us. It's not yeah. somebody who's just floating around looking pretty. I think because society's slightly scared of women with all that power... Yeah, That's kind of one of my theories. We're a little bit worried about a woman with a ton of experience, a lot of power, you know, someone yes. who's got a kind of very much what the hell I'm going to do. What I That is quite, and 
also full of rage. That is quite scary. And I think also the word menopause somehow feels quite negative. Trish yeah. and I talk about this a lot. It feels like that is a medical problem. So we, we say there's something wrong immediately. It's not. It's about hormone replacements. It's totally. Mm. Yes. If we could come up with a new word, we'd be a bit further down the road. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd love to find a new word for the menopause. Like mm-hmm. it's some kind of doom. I mean, finding the humour in it. Mm-hmm. is is the way to kind of deal with it and we can only do that if we actually start talking about it absolutely but you see like we talk about it in the house because my 11 year old is obviously about to she's getting mm-hmm. very hormonal mm-hmm. she's puberty every you know that hasn't started her periods yet but we talk about it but so she's going through that at the same time as her mum is probably mm-hmm. going through the menopause perfect um, storm Mm-hmm. Cut to next year when I'm going, I'm doing it now! <laughs> <laughs> All the hormones. Yeah, but so, so the, my, my bloke is like, Tom's like, so I'm going to be living in a house with a, te- with a teenage stepdaughter and a, and a partner going through their menopause. Yeah. It's like being a peacemaker. It's like <laughs> yeah. that whole time because obviously we're going to rise to any kind of rage quicker than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then that energy breeds the same kind of thing. So my seven-year-old gets very angsty if either one of us get angry. So yeah, it, it is a hot house, but it has to be talking about, mm-hmm. spoken about. I, I think, think so. I've got mm-hmm. three daughters and a, a son, and I think that perfect storm of all the hormones all the time <laughs> We have to talk about it because we can mm. kind of we can see it coming towards us on some days, and I think, well, I've got to be the grown up and keep calm in this situation. Mm. But actually, it's very hard to control all mm. that hormonal. Do you ever do you ever lose it though? Yes, <laughs> mine's gone since I since I, I went on HRT. I went on HRT in February right. after many years of not even thinking about it, um, and honestly, I I feel yeah. really. Um, chilled, relaxed, um, just quite quite normal again. The brain fog has gone. So it hands in what you did to that Hoover in the hotel, Trish. Oh, (laughs) this was a few years when I was, I I think I had about four years of rage. Your peak. Peak rage. Was was it four years? Oh, at least, yeah. Yeah, I would say at least four years. And I just didn't, I was one of those classic, I didn't know what it was. I thought I needed therapy. I just hadn't joined the dots and thought this is my perimenopause. You know, it was really silly. And, well, not silly because I just didn't have the information. Yeah, so basically we were on holiday in a hotel and the kids were just being so annoying, you know, at breakfast, shoving croissants in their pockets. And and as we went back up and they were mucking around, I just saw this hoop and I kicked it in this really nice hotel i was just furious yeah and of I course that's that. gone down in family history that little uh Hoover episode. <laughs> yeah. i don't think anything i can't even ever imagine now wanting to kick a hoover down the hall so no of course i mean <laughs> yeah i mean the other day i did scream that if, if i don't i'm going for a walk if i don't get out of this house i'm gonna kill someone yeah six-year-old just started crying and went you said you're gonna kill someone oh, bless. and i said of course i'm not gonna kill someone I remember my mum saying that now. And then I thought, maybe that was my mum going through the menopause and she didn't know. And yeah, she didn't go to a doctor again. Yeah. She just had a few months of being a bit growly. And what happens next with Dunbreeding then? So how many episodes will there be, do you think? And what will you do at the end of it? How will you keep it going? What we're trying, what Julie wants to do is after episode nine, come out of lockdown, 
hopefully, and make episode 10 where we're all together. Oh, yeah. That's, like that's, the finale of the, that's so nice. There's a yeah. charity element as well, isn't there? Yes. Yeah, so, so explain Trust. that. So the charity is Trussell Trust, and that is on the Just Giving page of Dunbrody. And that's food banks, isn't it, Trussell food Trust? Food banks, because we yeah. thought it's quite a family thing that we're doing. We're using all of our family, and we thought that would be a really good thing. Mm. So brilliant. We can watch and donate, so do a good thing, learn exactly. about brilliant, strong women, and feel better about ourselves for helping out. Thank you so much for Thank coming you. on. It's been brilliant. And it, honestly, what you're doing is so, so great, because there isn't anything out there like it, and... And I think there's a momentum coming at the moment around women in midlife and a whole new way of talking about it. So the more we can spread the word, the more we will. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Brilliant. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Tamsin. Lovely to talk to you. Bye. Lovely to talk to you both. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Let's talk about teenagers. We're going to try and get to the bottom this week of why they can sometimes just seem so illogical and seem to lack all kinds of common sense, don't they? Lorraine, what's what's going on there? I've written about this in the Sunday Times column a few times, and I've talked to a few experts about it. We say illogical because we say it from an adult point of view because we are logical because our brains have learned to be logical but theirs are undergoing such enormous change and um, they're basically being built at that stage um, they're being rebuilt from toddler to childhood to teen tweens then teens and as all that's happening lots and lots of stuff is going on and they can't do the logic they just they can't mm. see it's like they can't see a giant mess they can put the lid on things upside down their brains are just not capable we have to be very patient around that mm. because they're forming as people one of the things I found really helpful with this as a mum actually was to watch Sarah Jane Blakemore the neuroscientist mm. who's written all the big books about teenagers brains on um, YouTube because she does some really brilliant TED talks mm -hmm. which explains the change um, from because they can seem quite logical around eight nine and ten because they you feel mm -hmm. like they're suddenly getting it they really do understand everything and then they just become it's just insane some of the daft stuff they do also they have quite a strong tendency towards risk at that age mm. as well and risk can be quite illogical 
I would advise anyone who's going through the why on earth are they doing that? It's so illogical phase to look at Sarah Jane Blakemore's YouTube TED mm. Talks. Because I think the, you know, some of the advice is that we've got to do the logic for them, haven't we? That's our role at this stage is where they just can't bring it all together. We've got to do that for them. But I find it a bit frustrating because, because I know I'm right. And obviously I have a lot of experience and you give them advice and then they don't want to take it. Yeah, they have to feel it's their idea. I think it's that sitting alongside them again, listening to them and asking them to explain what they think yeah happen if they shake the milk with the lid off what will happen do you think <laughs> exactly. if you do that? also what will happen you know your mum tells you it's going to rain because she's listening to the weather forecast but you go out without your coat on to school and it's freezing and you come home soaking wet and then you're surprised about that fact I mean it's not all teens I think we're going to generalize yeah some teens are very logical but um most I would say are not I sometimes listen to them organising where they're going to meet in the days of festivals and things like that. And I think, well, why would you do it that way? You're all going to meet in a place, you're going to take a bus to here and a thing to there when you should all just go from this, this wonderful thing where they just say, oh, I'm going to meet so-and-so. And then they'll call me and say, so-and-so's not here. They've gone out. And I said, well, why have <laughs> what they gone they out? What you to do about it as well? I said, well, I said, well, I said, well, did you not sort of, did you not organise the time? And did you not take, no. She just said she'd be in the afternoon. She's oh. not here. It's the afternoon. She's not here. And I said, but that doesn't make sense. You've just gone all that way. No one's there. No, you're <laughs> sitting on a doorstep and I've got to come, come and get you. I said, we're going to have to make your own way home. They learn it all, but it feels very odd to arrange to do something without actually making any arrangements. I say, <laughs> Trish, let's meet for a drink in a bar in London. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll go into London. I'll and say, where Trish is not be? here. <laughs> Where's Trish? She's not in a bar in London. I think we had to be super organised when we were teenagers because it was like one bus an hour, wasn't there? And you had to, you know, you had to phone your friend and say 25 past at the bus garage in Harrow or whatever. Otherwise, you were done for, weren't you? We had to be sensible. One had to be specific. We probably weren't. We probably weren't. So Trish, we have had a fabulous message to our email, postcardsfrommidlife.com, from a lovely lady called Julie, who has totally nailed midlife. I love this. I love it when Amazing. listeners send us this. So this is what Julie says. I've been married twice, and the second time was a very miserable and sexless eight years, followed by a hellish divorce. At 51, I moved to a new city with my daughter, despite not knowing anyone. I've been affected by anxiety and mood swings, but I wasn't sure whether it was due to all the uncertainty of life or if it was hormonally induced. I have the appearance of someone very strong, but there is little between my outside armour and a hugely sensitive heart. I've stayed single for ages, but last year a very gorgeous Italian man appeared on my doorstep. He is 12 years younger than me, but we are in a relationship and I am planning to go to Italy to do an Italian course in between some enjoyable, listen to this, Trish, <laughs> multi-orgasmic lovemaking. Carpe oh, diem, she says. Oh, my goodness. Carpe diem. Seize the day. Julie. <laughs> Julie is seizing the day. Um, Nailed it. Nailed I, midlife. I wonder if she could tell us how you get a 12 years younger than you sexy Italian to turn up on your doorstep. Are you not a magnet for sexy Italians? <laughs> if only. If only. <laughs> Thank you. 
So Trish, tell me what you have been trying and testing this week and has it worked? I've been dabbling in a bit of teeth whitening <laughs> um, because I just thought, you know, it's it's sort of something that could kind of brighten things up. and make What is this world. for your Hollywood blockbuster <laughs> debut? Yeah, my Tom Cruise lashes. Yes, that's what I'm aiming for. But I, I discovered this brand called High Smile. Um, what I liked about it is you get this teeth whitening kit. It costs $49.99 online, very easy. And it includes this mat, sort of rubbery mouth tray with three syringes, which are six days worth of this gel that you put into the mouth guard. But then you attach the mouth guard to this funny little LED device and shove it in your gob and sit there for 10 <laughs> minutes with this I'm thing. just imagining this. There'll be a picture on our Instagram and on, uh, on the Facebook group so you can have a little look at me. So in the kit is this card that's got 1 to 13 with the different shades of what your teeth can be. One is obviously Tom Cruise Nashes, once again, all sparkly, and then down to 13, which is really quite um, unpleasant and a bit brown. <laughs> but I was a number five before and I'm definitely a number four now so I'm so really how quite long has that taken that. six days and I really? think you, to, you repeat it every um sort of three or four months I think so I can just send off some more for more of these gels and then just do it every three to four months and can you uh, drink coffee and red wine well it says when you're doing the treatment you shouldn't really be drinking coffee and red wine um and I succeeded with the red wine so I don't really drink red wine but coffee mm, but I don't didn't drink too much but I'm really pleased with it I would obviously say to anyone who's really got any particular concerns about their teeth there's obviously a lot of different cosmetic things you can do probably start with your dentist first and foremost but I was just wanting a little bit of a brightening effect and I think quite often it's about stain stain removal (laughs) yeah so that's what I've been doing what about you Lorraine well I have been trying an indoor bicycle exercise bicycle now I'm not a big fan of spinning because I'm not at one with it with any form of bicycle Mm. I'm not good on a bicycle but actually, I have borrowed a bike called a Techno Gym, which is linked to various classes. It's kind of like a Peloton, but I don't think it has, it doesn't offer as many classes. So you have a big screen in front of you, you sit on the bike, and you basically get fit with resistance. So you turn your mm-hmm. resistance up and down so you can put your headphones on, book a class, and you sit in it and you go through the class. We've got it in the lounge, and the children continue <gasps> to play Fortnite while you're on the bike the good things are it's really quick you just put on your trainers and your thing and you can just go down and do half an hour or an hour within about 10 minutes you're covered in sweat though Mm. flipping it around the lounge i'm not sure i'm liking the idea of it being in the lounge that was the reason i've resisted this up up until now they don't it doesn't actually take it's very very heavy it weighs weighs about the same as a small car i think Um, but it doesn't take up a lot of space well james has got his bumper in there as well there's so, all bits of awesome. everything in that lab. It's so hardware in your lounge. It's really good. I've really enjoyed it. I think you'd probably want to look at trying to subscribe to lots of classes with it. And you how much get, does it cost? You well, you see, this is the, the thing. It's about two and a half thousand pounds. So it's a massive, massive investment. But I would say I've used it almost every day for a month now, um, mm-hmm. because you don't have to really commit to anything, and you can stop when you want to. You do look a bit silly, is all I'd say. I was on it the other day and um, a neighbour walked past and I could just, it was probably the funniest thing he'd seen all day. Um, and I found my son has been using it and I noticed that he'd done exactly the same course as me, a thousand times faster on a much higher resistance. Oh. But Trish appeared to have been eating a bag of Doritos at oh, the same time. no, cheesy all around mess the bo- all over the place. All around the uh. bottom of it. 
orange right. all over the handles. Oh no! But actually, though, if you if all the family were going to use it in terms of investment, yeah, could be could be. I a think good if idea. someone said, "What do you want for your 50th? I might have said, mm. "Actually, this would be brilliant yeah, because it has really kept them all occupied. Everybody's mm. had a go on it, and you can do it at whatever pace. It just also gets that kind of do some exercise thing into mm. their head. So if there's four or five of you using it, it probably is worth the investment, and you can upgrade mm-hmm. your classes as well. It's time to step back in time and find out what little bit of life is coming back into your life. What nostalgia noodling have you been doing? Well, this is something that I think should be in my life every day of my life. But I sort of got into one of those rabbit hole things where you're looking at something online. And then I started watching all uh, Kate Bush's music videos, her videos. Particularly the ones... The dancing is, and I, you forget, she was such an amazing dancer and the choreography. So my particular favourite is, do you remember Sat in Your Lap, where she's sitting on the floor yes. cross leg and she's sort of shaking her head really vigorously from side to side, which if I tried to do that at my age would obviously give myself a, some kind of injury. But she looks amazing. And then suddenly she's roller skating around a church hall wearing um, a dance cap. I mean, is is this a is this a Kate Bush video or is this a dream you had last night? <laughs> you might well ask. And can I just say, babushka, one word that conjures up a vision, a goddess in that mad outfit, and oh, oh I just love that. She's Before so she's time. so brilliant. I just think we all need a bit of Kate in our lives. What about you, Lorraine? What's been your little trip down memory lane? Well. On my bicycle in my lounge, I have had to listen to some new music, which I can't do because I don't understand any, I don't know any of the new songs and Mm. um, I can't listen to what my teenagers listen to because there's a lot of swearing trips. Oh no, heaven forbid. So what I've discovered on Spotify is all our 80s. Have you been to this? I haven't, but it's my kind of town. (laughs) it's the dream it's it's absolutely everything um i've had the whole of the moon from the water boys fleetwood mac Mm. there's a lot of that hall of notes (laughs) tiffany i think we're alone now only you yazoo there's a lot of prince i'm a massive prince fan there's Mm. a lot of prince there's obviously uh wake me up before you go go which i thought was much later but actually no and what's your favorite what's your favorite well i it triggered a memory of mine so um this come on eileen dexy's midnight runners which is an anthem of the 80s dungarees ahoy then i realized that i know eileen eileen herself actual eileen in the video the girl in the video (gasps) Who is an, it's it's my friend Maura Fahi, who's obviously oh, related yes. to Banana Rama Fahi, and it's just so extraordinary to think that I've known her sort of in the last 10, 15 years, but mm. she was in that video in the early eighties. It's just <gasps> oh, kind of a lovely. We all thought. wanted to be her, didn't yes, we? And you know her. Yes. Oh, I love it. Love That's that my fashion dream as well, Trish, to wear dungarees. And what's stopping you? Well, I can't. I look just honestly look like something out of a children's TV. Oh, some kind of dodgy well, children's TV entertainer. Even when I was pregnant, I couldn't wear them in a kind of stylish, lovely way. Oh. It looked ridiculous. Should we both wear them next time? <gasps> definitely, definitely. Yeah. Let's get let's get some dungarees. They're not for lovely sure women dungarees. <laughs> We've come to the end of another episode of Postcards from Midlife. So if you enjoyed the episode, please do rate us and subscribe by your podcast provider. And you can also listen to the podcast on the Times radio app. So if you don't have that yet, go to your app store and download it. Mm-hmm.
we love to hear your stories so do keep sending us all of those um, as well as your adventures to postcards from midlife website or our facebook group and we'll be back again this time next week goodbye Goodbye. planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.